Welcome to this week's edition of the Dan Rayburn Podcast, the show that curates the streaming media industry news that matters most, unvarnished, unscripted, and providing you with the factual data you need to know without any of the hype. The Pulse of the Streaming Media Industry. Welcome to the Dan Rayburn Podcast. I'm Dan Rayburn, back with co-host Mark Donegan. After a two-week hiatus, Mark is back from IBC. That's right. And I vacation, right? You got some vacation yeah. in too? Yeah, a little yeah, a little bit. A few days. It was nice. Nice. Yeah. That, that counts. That counts. It does count. Yep. Yep. Every You're already there bit. for work. Put it put it to use. <laughs> Stay in the area. Right. There you go. Yeah. So while you were gone, Mark, uh I mentioned last week just a little recap from IBC of doing more with less, kind of a theme yeah. you and I talked about. So Yeah, for sure. Nothing really at IBC other than that that we're going to cover. Uh, let's jump into some of the news over the last week. Uh, there are some some pretty unique announcements that I think you know just are big when it comes to you know Disney doing password sharing crackdown, sure, uh, some things like that. But let's start with the first one, which is um, you know the the final contract language is still being drafted, but the writers uh, have reached a tentative deal with the studios to end their strike mm-hmm. after more than 150 days. So, uh, what what has to be happening here is the agreement needs to be officially ratified, has to be voted on. Yeah. Uh, the WGA did finally disclose uh, the provisions of of what has changed. Uh, the, the The problem is it's it's very high level, which is what I want to talk about today. So, uh, on the digital side, the big thing that everyone is talking about is that you know writers and and actors and others, everyone tied into uh, video creation and production when it comes to distribution on streaming, they want insight and some transparency into the numbers, which we've obviously heard about for a long time. So I'm seeing some in the media say that because of this deal, there will now be real, actual, hard data available. But that's really not the case. So if you don't know what was agreed upon, basically all the streamers have to do, depending on a certain size a show from a budget standpoint, they have to provide the total number of hours streamed both domestically and internationally of only self-produced high-budget streaming programs. Mm-hmm. For instance, a Netflix original series. Sure. Uh, it's under NDA. It's confidentiality. Of, cor- of course it is. Right, of course. So <laughs> yeah. we're not going to get it. Yeah. Um, some of these numbers can be shared legally with memberships in an aggregated form only. Interesting. Yep. So, you know, people in the industry saying, oh, we're finally getting transparency here. What I don't understand is, okay, you're going to get total number of hours streamed. You're not getting unique users. Yeah. You're not getting from what regions of the world. You're not getting breakdown on devices. You're not getting average time uh, AMA, average minute audience or spent. And I don't like the fact that we're going to look at number of hours and think, okay, well, that's a popular show, so it's going to do well in terms of getting renewals because popularity doesn't equal profitability. Mm -hmm. And then you add in, Mark, the fact that a lot of these services, including Netflix now, are running ads with an AVOD tier. Well, just because something's popular, we don't know how much money it's making from an advertising standpoint. Yeah, that's right. So the rest of us aren't necessarily going to see the basic metrics since everything's under NDA. I think we will see some data in aggregate since the WGA is allowed to do that. But this idea that, uh, you know, some are reporting that, oh, finally, 
you know, those involved have gotten transparency. I don't think that's transparency because, okay, hours viewed, we know what that means. Yeah. But you're not breaking it down by region. It also doesn't say, it's very interesting, it doesn't say the frequency at which they're getting this. Hmm. Now, maybe that's still some of the fine details maybe, to work out. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe that's being, and, you know, maybe they're individually uh, able to uh, sort of negotiate that, you know, maybe. per studio or per, you know, per um, uh, media company. Uh, I mean, that didn't it, seem to be the know. case based on the language mm. of what the yeah. WGA put out yeah, from a high so level. But to your point, we have not seen the actual <laughs> contractual legal language. Yeah, that's right. So, is it good in that, okay, in the sense that there'll be a little bit of information on total number sure. of hours? Sure. 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 I, I guess that's okay. But then, you know, I was thinking someone like a Roku already puts that out every quarter. Yeah. In their quarterly earnings report. Now, they don't break it out based on show or what was through their Roku channel. Yeah. Or other applications, streaming applications that are on their platform. But that's that's all that the writers are going to get. Hmm. That's just the reality of it. We also saw an announcement here tying into advertising that, not surprisingly, Amazon has announced that starting in, quote, early 2024, prime video shows and movies are going to include limited advertisements. Mm -hmm. I don't know what limited That's means. Right. Yeah. But Amazon did say with regards to limited, they are, quote, planning to have meaningful fewer ads than linear TV and other streaming providers. Sure. Maybe that's just a start. They didn't say over what period of time. Yeah. So they're also going to offer a new ad-free option in the U.S., an additional cost of $2.99 per month. Mm -hmm. I did like, Mark, that they came out and said, when this comes out in early 2024, they are not making changes next year to the current price of a Prime membership. Mm. So we at least know Amazon Prime membership will not be going up next year and seeing a rate yeah. hike. Yeah. Although, um, you know, effectively, if you don't want ads, it's another $36 a year. Right. So. <laughs> but how many people are going to select yeah. that? I think very yeah. few. We've heard from Hulu and others. Yeah. That's not a popular plan. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, watching content on, uh, you know, I'm catching up on the last season of Billions and. And, you know, you start you start it and they're running a, effectively a trailer for other content before each episode. You True. Know? Yeah. So uh, now, you know, it's it, it doesn't feel like it's advertising, but in reality, it's like half the shows I'm, I'm not interested in. I'm like, you know, can I just skip this? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, that is an ad. Yeah, it's an ad. You it's know, a it, type, it, but it is yeah, an ad. exactly. At least it's not for paper towels or right, you know, right, something. Right, right. I'm, I'm really like, oh, come on. <laughs> Target that, me better you know, you than mentioned, that. You, know? you mentioned paper towels, but if there's one thing that Amazon knows about us, if you're a Prime member, is they yes, know what we're buying. This is what we buy. So yeah, very curious to see how they're going to do the ads. Uh, last night we we're recording this on. Friday, September 29th, last night, I saw some of the ad overlays they were running for Thursday Night Football on Prime Video. And it was, hey, if you want to learn more about this water brand, just, you know, click enter your Fire TV remote. That's right. And what was interesting is it then said, okay, we've sent the, the link to check it out into your Amazon application on your phone. Mm. Well, 
Wow. What if I don't have the Amazon application on my phone? Yeah, so what it did, yeah. which was it's interesting. pushing you to install it. Pushing me to install it, but it also yeah. sent me a separate email oh. saying, Dan, here's the thing on Essential Water. I think it was an Essential Water ad. Yeah. And then when you clicked on that, it took you to a page on Amazon where it showed all of the waters that they sell. Mm. So the functionality did work. We're not yeah. going to get any numbers in terms of how many people are actually using it. Sure. But- it's an ad overlay where you're not scanning a QR code. Yeah. You're punching something in. Well, you and I have mentioned this. You know, we were talking about how we theorized that Netflix was going to really come up with some innovative new ad um, products, ad solutions, et cetera. Um, cl clearly, there's going to be some innovation in this area. And, and I think by and large consumers, and again, you know, multiple times we've pointed out that as much as, you know, the rhetoric inside the industry is consumers hate advertising. That actually is not true. And you and I have said that now what we hate and what they hate and what all of the surveys, you know, in the data shows is they, they hate when you get served paper towel ads, you know, or, or, uh, ads that are not appropriate, um, Targeting. For, you know, yeah, for, yeah. for what I need, you know, <laughs> like, so, um, so that's annoying and people hate that, but you know, I'm in the market for a car, you know, I may not be looking at a particular brand, but you know, I get served car ads. Hey, you know, I'm, it's at least like, relevant. Oh, that's interesting. At least there's some relevance there. Right. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to you see know. what Amazon does there. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. Cause they have be so much information on us. Sure. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. And, and of course, um, you know, th then it's the usual creep factor, you know, how do you not make it so creepy, you know? Um, yeah. And I was also thinking with the ads last night with Amazon prime video with NFL Thursday night football, I get that subway is a sponsor of that, but yeah. why do I have to see a subway ad on almost every ad break? <laughs> yeah, I can, right. Enough already. And, <laughs> enough. and yeah. it's brand burnout. And it's, it was interesting how many people on Twitter were like, yeah, okay, I get it. Subway, but like, just, <laughs> this is annoying me now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the advertising side will, will be very interesting to see how Amazon implements that. Uh, no yeah. official date, just early 2024. Yeah. Uh, also, ad-free option only in the U.S. to start. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. did talk about yeah. rolling out ads in other countries over time, but no additional details as of now. Mm. Uh, the next one, Mark, is uh, so Disney Plus subscribers have been notified uh, via Disney in Canada okay. about how they're making changes that are going to go into effect November 1st of this year. Yeah. As far as password sharing. So they, they made some they made some changes to their terms of service. And I'm gonna read it right here. What they're saying is we're implementing restrictions on your ability to share your account or login credentials outside of your household. Mm. You may not share your subscription outside of your household. End quote. Now they note that a household means the collection of devices associated with your primary personal residence that are used by the individuals who reside there. Mm, interesting. So pretty specific in terms of how they're saying household and devices within that specific place that you also reside in. Yeah. So this is also going to be coming to the U.S., some sort of password sharing. The other thing they said is 
We've begun updating our subscriber agreements to clarify the rules relating to the sharing of accounts in several markets with the U.S. coming later this year. Mm -hmm. That said, let's not assume they're going to roll it out the same way in the U.S. like they did in Canada. Because we saw Netflix rolled out a certain way in Canada, but then they didn't put some of those restrictions when they rolled it out in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what they do. But it's coming. We already see it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So it's it's definitely coming. Uh, we don't know when later in this year means, but it's coming. Uh, real quick, Mark, HBO licensing. You know, we talked recently about how some content that was yeah, on Max, right. Band of Brothers, yeah. some other things are now on Netflix. and Netflix, yeah. People in the industry are like, ah, it's kind of crazy. You should keep everything on your own platform. But yeah. uh, HBO CEO this week, speaking at a tech conference, said, quote, what's been nice about it, this type of deal, is without doing a thing on Max, the viewership or engagement of, for instance, ballers and insecure saw a spike when we put it mm. on Netflix. Mm. You're introducing it to more people. It's marketing. Sure. sure. Then he said, I think what you have to balance is not putting too much out there. So people think, oh, I'll just wait until it comes here or there. He said, so I don't really know the right answer. I don't think anybody does right now. Mm -hmm. But very clear that they're saying the reason they're doing this is they're seeing a tangible business benefit that they are yeah. measuring. Yeah. Now, we don't know their full methodology, of course. Sure. That's, sure. You know, we don't know what spike means. Spike of yeah. viewers, spike of signups. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. I mean, that, okay, so a, a spike in more people watching Ballers. Well, of course, it's on two platforms. But, you know, is he saying, hey, you know, we can correlate that a certain percentage of those people went and, you know, signed up for Max? Um, or I would think there's got to be something that drives back to, you know, Max subscription. Growth or just you know <laughs> but, I don't know less yeah. churn something yeah, they obviously yeah, are using yeah. a methodology that so far sure. they're saying sure, sure. makes sense which I think as an industry mark we have to take note of because people in the industry are so quick to say these platforms have to be closed and if you take any content yeah. off your platform yeah. and distribute it somewhere else you're hurting your subscribers well that yeah. is not a proven fact that's yeah. your opinion yeah yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that that the studios in particular have perfected, it is an absolute science, and they have large groups of people. I mean, very large groups of people who are incredibly analytic in their analytical, you know, in their analysis of 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 um you know what it takes to market and you know it's why when they put out box office numbers or or when box office numbers come in you, you know like they kind of know what a movie's going to do and yeah there's always surprises always you know it's it's um it's the arts right you know so there's always the movie that breaks out that nobody you know predicted and there's the movie that bombs but the point is you know their methodologies are are pretty well understood and they know how to measure consumer sentiment and just um, so, uh, you know, look, why aren't these streaming services, you know, and this is the rhetorical question, uh, uh, you know, building the same capabilities. And I believe they are, you know, and they have been. I think they are so, as well. But it, it, at the same time, it's interesting for him to say nobody really knows the answer right now. Not yet. 
Well, but he but he was saying that wasn't he in the context of like, how much is too much, you know, and I think his point is very valid, you know, like I'm a Netflix subscriber and more people are especially a brand like HBO. I I would have to believe a high, a fairly high percentage of Netflix viewers understand kind of who HBO is, the kinds of content, you know, and so you could be like, oh, wow, this is cool. Um, Isn't. Yeah. okay, Hey, maybe. You know, I'm just going to wait. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. Um, sometimes I, I think I we I give think too much right. credit, you They're know, to, to 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 consumers. You know, ability to analyze it. The other times I've said it here. You know, I think we underestimate that. You know, con- consumers kind of know some of this stuff. You know, and they arrive at decisions um, on their own. I also yeah, just wonder. On their own, yeah. Okay, so. Band of Brothers, take that. Yeah, what percentage yeah. of HBO or Max users have already yeah. seen it? If it's a large percentage, then maybe you do benefit from putting it somewhere else. So I I think it's interesting. We're obviously seeing more of that. We're going to continue to. But it was interesting for the the CEO to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. A couple other pieces of news here. Um, So if you haven't heard, Netflix, Paramount, Warner Brothers, Discovery, Comcast, Disney, and Univision, including some smaller OTT providers as well, have formed a new group they're calling the Streaming Innovation Alliance, SIA. Yeah, this now, is interesting. It's interesting. Absent launcher, Apple, Amazon, Roku, and some other big name streamers. But the whole goal of this group is tied to lobbying and regulatory policymaking. Mm-hmm. It's what they're working yeah. on. Rules and regulations that potentially could impact them Yeah, uh, in, in D.C. So not surprising they're pulling resources and legal resources. But if you go to their website, this is 100% them pitching uh, regulators of like, hey, you should not do this or not do that, and here's why, and everything that you're thinking of is bad for consumers. <laughs> of course, it's you can tell it's written by lawyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not surprising. Look, every industry does that. I don't yeah. fault them for doing it. They're trying to yeah. get what they can for for their business. What's best for them? Uh, yeah, interesting stat here, Mark, which I like because we're always talking sports. So NBC Sports said that the uh, Ohio State's victory over the University of Notre Dame about a week ago was its most streamed college football simulcast with an AMA average minute audience on Peacock and NBC Sports digital platforms of Mm. 605,000 viewers. Yeah. Now, overall viewership peaked at 14.2 million viewers when combined with pay TV. Hmm. So if pay TV and Peacock and NBC Sports digital platforms peaked at the same time, that means streaming made up only 4.2% of total viewership at peak. Yeah. So for all the talk about sports going to streaming, yeah, okay, it is in some cases, but look at where the vast majority of the largest viewership is coming from, from sports. Yeah. Broadcast TV. Yeah, that's right. In some cases... When it's streaming only exclusives, <laughs> except in local markets like Amazon Thursday Night Football, okay. Yeah. We obviously know those numbers will be higher, but interesting, 4.2%. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Another one here, Mark, uh, September 25th, so just a few days ago, a German court ruled that Netflix is infringing on Broadcom's video patent related to HEVC, mm. and they issued an injunction requiring Netflix to cease and desist all further infringement in Germany. Now, this is a suit that's been ongoing since 2018 over numerous 
U.S., German, Dutch patents. This particular ruling was tied to, to one patent, the 366 patent, as they call it. Mm-hmm. So from the limited information I have, um, it looks like this ruling only impacts their UHD streams in Germany. Uh, Netflix has not put out a public comment about this. I don't know if they plan to, but they could also just stop offering UHD as a means of well, complying. Yeah, exactly. And just just to be clear, um, it, it's it's not that it is targeted by resolution. It's just that Netflix is using in most all markets um, HEVC on UHD. Well, UHD exclusively, they they are not delivering. There's not a single UHD stream in H.264 that I know of anyway. Maybe there is, but I don't believe so. Um they are increasingly, uh, as HEVC native playback, so hardware um, decoders are becoming available, increasingly the entire ABR ladder, meaning, you know, lower resolutions, 480p on up, is HEVC. But so just to be clear, it's not that this is targeted only on resolution. It's just that in the EU um, and anywhere else in the world, it's UHD streams that that are encoded with HEVC. Utilizing it, right. Yeah, which mean which which is sad because it means that guess what? It's that highest quality and you know it's that best profile that could go away. Right. You know? Um and yeah, you're absolutely right. For them to turn this off, I mean, I, I don't want to trivialize, but it it's it, it is relatively simple. You know, so they can just simply take that profile out. Now your top profile is 1080p at, you know, at, at, at you know, four and a half megabits with H.264. And will That's anybody it. notice? Maybe not. We also don't Maybe. know how many customers they have that have the yeah, highest tier exactly. package. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see how they react to that. There's no public comment yet. I have asked them for one or what yeah, I asked if they plan not, to put one out. I think they will gonna. put one out even if it's in their regulatory filing. Uh, well, that's true. They, they will might, have to mention They will it. have to. Yeah, they will have to mention To what degree, yeah. we don't know. So their earnings yeah, are on yeah, October 18th. They're coming up, actually. Wow. Just, what, yeah. three weeks? Less than three yeah. weeks. So Yeah, really. We're in October already. So that's something to watch. And, and also, just for people that don't know, there's the Broadcom Netflix thing has been going on for many years. So in 2020, yeah, Broadcom yeah. filed suit against Netflix in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Over eight patents tied to video playback and transmission And I love Broadcom's argument. So here's their argument and why they're suing them. We're saying basically because Netflix offers an OTT service that is so good and then it's contributed to cord cutting from pay TV services, Broadcom is selling fewer set-top cable boxes. It's crazy. Which is (laughs) – really? You're blaming them? That is just pretty pretty funny. Um, Also, for those that don't know – Broadcom filed the same suit against smart TV manufacturers Yeah, in 2017. And the following year, in 2018, Vizio and Sigma Designs were found to not have infringed on their patents. Yeah. yeah. So Broadcom's had some uh, failures in yeah. the market going after these suits, these patent suits. But man, that is your business model? Like yeah, complaint? That's your, yeah, that's your, that's your complaint. Yeah. So... <laughs> Man, talk about a company where it just seems like you're still playing in the old days of pay TV and the early days of the internet. Isn't that the truth? Come on, come on guys. <laughs> this is the reality of what's going on in the market today. How about you shift and change and adapt your strategy yeah. in the market based on what's going on? Yeah. But no, Innovate. let's just complain about legacy models. 
Yeah. <laughs> the the wording though, if you, if you read it, Mark, you'll laugh. The wording in the suit was just it was comical. <laughs> Uh, one final piece here. Just uh, YouTube's been doing a great job still with Sunday NFL Ticket. Uh, they yeah, I know you've been watching that closely, right? I have Tracking every weekend. It, also, uh, I'm just going to put this on the record here. So Google reached out and said, "Hey, we loved your review and blog, and would you mind if we used your review in in commercials for the service and online?" I was like, "Yeah, go ahead. Right? It's public. Yeah. Go ahead and use it." Yeah. So. Cool. Uh, I am not, if you see, you know, according to Dan Rayburn on your next YouTube TV commercial, <laughs> I am not getting paid. Uh, I, I said I will do it, but I will do it for no money. Uh, I did sign a waiver so they can legally use it, yeah. uh, but I'm not getting paid in any way. I, I think credit is due where credit is due. I'm willing to give it. Yeah. Uh, so I have been watching it. I like the fact that they announced they're now going to offer free 15-minute previews to NFL Sunday Ticket every Sunday, but only... Between one PM and two thirty PM Eastern. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know why that time frame. Yeah, to be honest. again, I, somebody's done some analysis. I yep, guarantee it. <laughs> yep. I'll ask them. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if I get an answer in that one. But uh, they're they're still doing a great job. Uh, Amazon's Thursday night football last night. Man, there's still, you know, there's twenty five, thirty, forty comments coming in every minute. On Twitter, of problems, people sharing, stuttering. Also, they have part of the problem that they've done here, and I'm going to go into details that I can't, but they have complicated their video workflow to a degree they don't need to do. Between hmm. HDR and, and remember, Psy and just the way they're doing ingestion, like, yeah, they're making this more complicated than they have to. And for what reason? HDR for sports in particular, every time that Thursday night game comes on, it is so dark on my TV. Mm. It doesn't look good. So are you doing it because you want to say it's the first HDR stream or are you doing it because it benefits the user experience? Because it doesn't benefit mine. Uh, do you do you know? I would assume it's HLG. Do you know what format? I, they I don't. Are. They, they okay. are not willing to discuss anything regarding technical stack of any kind. You yeah. Know Amazon, Amazon is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I would assume HLG and y your TVs are all pretty modern, right? I mean, or, you know, all like my TVs what? are within the last, call it three to four years. I swap okay. them out pretty frequently. Okay. I, I call that, I consider that modern. You yeah. know, if you said five to six years, nah, you know, that's, but yeah, three to four years, um, pretty much all. And you're running middle to even higher end TV. Yeah. I mean, I'm, right? I'm running I mean, LG OLEDs. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. And, and this is why HDR, you know, is still, is still tricky because there can be signaling issues between TVs there, you know, there can be obviously just plain lack of support for a standard, now, you know, in theory, HLG, you know, gracefully rolls back to SDR and right. yeah, and that's why I'm, I'm almost a hundred percent. I mean, HLG really is the correct format, but there's still some televisions that do not signal and get that right. And, you know, but the point is, is that guess what? That's not the consumer's problem. You know, the consumer shouldn't have to worry, you know, like, do I have the right television to watch this stream? They have enough just trying to find the content, enough to worry about, you know. Yes, and also, you know, you make a good point there, too. One of the things when it comes to HDR is I noticed on the Amazon support pages, they're telling you to get the best experience. Here's the settings they want you to change on your TV. Yeah. So yeah. setting the correct gamma curve 
Yeah. Gamma, gamma. Yeah, yeah. Gamma, on my TV, gamma, like, really, yeah, I got to yeah, go in just yeah, for Amazon yeah. on Thursday night and and change the yeah. settings on my TV just for you yeah. guys. Yeah, come on. Yeah, imagine trying to explain that to your parents over oh. the phone. Oh, jeez. So I just I don't yeah. see the reason to complicate your yeah. workflow. The other thing I saw last night is on the TV, the stream on the TV versus the stream on my MacBook. The mm. stream on my MacBook was fifty two seconds behind streaming my TV. Why is there such a big gap in latency? I don't know. 52. 52 seconds behind. You said on your laptop. Right. On a brand new one-year-old MacBook Pro, it's 52 seconds behind the Fire TV stream from a Fire TV stick, Hmm. which is odd to me. Now, at the same time, I don't know where size is being implemented and where it isn't. But again, I don't think that's relevant. But yeah, the latency yesterday was really weird. Wow. So it's it's the experience to me is all over the place. Yeah. Again, though, you know, is only one percent of the total viewers who are complaining online. Mm-hmm. Is it only one percent? I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah. 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 So it's unfortunate. We just we don't have any information of any kind. I'm I'm hoping sure. once the season's over, maybe they do a technical write up. There, Amazon AWS in particular, which is obviously supporting some of this, is really good with yeah. their case studies. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They are. So I hope we get something, but uh, right now it's a bit unknown in terms of the workflow. And then some of the pieces I do know, I can't talk to, um, but I I think some of that will come out over time. Mm, Yeah. So Mark, that's all we got right now. This is good. We're at 28 minutes. Uh, We've got some some things coming up next week. We'll do a preview of the NEB show streaming summit in New York City in another week or two. I can't believe that's only like 25 days out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How are you feeling? Is I'm feeling good. I mean, it's, it's a great, and, it's a great yeah. lineup in terms of who we yeah. have. Super excited to sit with two executives from Disney on day one to talk about their, their ad stack. Yeah. That's that's going to be great. Uh, who's been added since we last spoke? Uh, Sling TV, Peloton. Mm, that's great. You know, interesting there. ZE5 Global, Vizio. Uh, we already had YouTube. We've added LG. Uh, let's see. We added uh, Cox Media Group. So that's mm-hmm. good in terms of packaging. Another person from Paramount. Um, that's all in just day one, even. Wow. wow. And then day two, uh, Hot Star. A uh, bunch of bunch of companies still holding on day two for one or two panels. So I still have about yeah. ten speakers to add. Well, good. But the entire program is online. NABStreamingSummit.com. I I have not announced the keynote for day two. Mm-hmm. I'm working on something. Um, hopefully I know in the next day or two that they'll accept it, right. the president of a company. But uh, I'm I'm excited for the show, lining it up, and for people that can't make it, I'm going to be doing editorial coverage on my LinkedIn and yeah. Twitter account in real time like I do for every single session. Yeah, it's great. So plenty of coverage. Yeah, I'm, disa- I, I'm disappointed I had a conflict, just get booked, so and I, I'm i not going to make it. So, There's only so many shows you can go to, Mark. Uh, it's, you know. <laughs> no, I know, but- Can't you know, be at every dance. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> reality of the industry we're in, there's it's a lot a, of shows. It's a reality, yeah, yeah. And if anyone's planning to go, even last minute, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'll give you a discount code so you can get in. Uh, we've right. kept it super affordable. It's about $500 for both days, plus it gets you mm. to all the happy hours, cocktail parties, everything. So very affordable considering the caliber of speakers that are going to be there in two days of, yeah. of good content. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So in the meantime, if you guys have any questions, reach out to Mark and I. We appreciate you listening. Mark, we're at about 30,000 downloads now. 
total, wow. which is great wow. on our 71st That's, episode. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to see the last, call it 20 to 25 episodes are really cranking up now in terms of downloads and number of listening. So it's it mm-hmm. continues to grow extremely well. We appreciate yeah. everyone's support. If you have any questions, if there's something you want to hear on the podcast, reach out to Mark and I on LinkedIn. Everything that we talked about today, uh, I already have his blog posts up on LinkedIn as well. So you can see all those data uh, and all the good numbers. So any questions, let us know. Otherwise, we'll talk to you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, send it to a friend. Have questions for Dan or Mark? Connect with them on LinkedIn at any time. And be sure to check out Dan's blog at streamingmediablog.com. 